Hi, my name's Dana Coyas, and you're listening to a podcast put on by Roasted Pepper Studios, where we talk to photographers about their business. And this week, we're talking to Lisa, uh, who's a photographer out of Fort Worth. Uh, Lisa, hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm well. Thanks for joining us. No problem. I noticed that uh, that you have some amazing wedding photography. That's that's how I found you. Do, is that all you do? Do you do more than that? Uh, well, I have focused only on wedding photography for the last three and a half, four years. When I first started, I pretty much took everything I could um, to pay the bills. So it it has developed into the inability really to do anything else just because I do shoot 30 plus weddings a year and you basically have to do the math of 30 weddings times an engagement and bridal, which basically puts you at 60 sessions, you know, so that's quite a bit of work to do in a year. And my focus is on ultimately the basis of my business is personal service to every single client. So I choose not to spread myself thin. Plus I love wedding photography and not that I don't love other things, but when you love it as much as I do, it, it doesn't have as much zest when you're doing something else. So that's, my main focus. How did you get into to wedding photography? Uh, well, it's there's really not like a uh, solid path that I took. To, uh, when I first started this business, I really had a passion to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to be a business owner since I can't even remember. I'm not a big fan of working for the man. <laughs> and I got married late. Um, I got married at 30 and knew at that point that having children was going to be, I would be hard pressed to get them in a daycare situation or have a boss tell me, you know, question me if they were sick or so on and so forth. So I, again, my initial thought was to be an entrepreneur and I really couldn't tell you how I know that I've always, you know, that typical thing that every photographer says they love photography, but I didn't have like, you know, a gear passion or a, I just, I have a passion to about the the concept of weddings, and I, I, I guess for my own self, through my wedding, I had very, very horrible vendors, and I got very passionate about the concept of not being a vendor that was all about the wedding and charging because you could get it, and, and the service side, I lacked in pretty much, I would say, 50, over 50% of my vendors, and so that's where it stemmed from, and it was very fast-paced. It happened what feels like overnight. And I had gear, you know, I, I had a big fat savings account that I had been working on to be an entrepreneur. And I just over overnight, I feel like it just turned into something without me really even knowing what I was doing. If, that's just, if you want to know the truth, I, I knew I had a vision. I knew what I wanted to do, but I had, didn't have all the pieces put together. So again, I don't have like a solid, I couldn't tell you that A, B, C, and D happened. It just kind of got it just happened really overnight. And, and once you start piecing it together and, and the next thing you know, you've got your hands and everything between building a website and buying your first piece of gear and making business cards and the education and finding a mentor and finding internships, that's, it's just one big glob of stuff. I think it's probably the best way to say it. <laughs> well, it's that glob of stuff that, that we're trying to unravel for, for other folks who are going through the exact same thing because I'll tell you, you know, I've had the same kick and I've talked to other people who've had the same exact same feeling of, well, I got to do it. I got to do it now and I got to get started somewhere. And uh, I'm, you know, we were really interested in that path that you took. So were, were you, did you have sure. a business before this? Is this the first one? 
No, this is my very first business. Um, I had, <laughs> when I first started, I, I had my hands in everything, and mainly my goal was to learn as much as I could. I, I felt like, um, again, through my own experience and some of the things I had heard from my friends through the years, specifically about wedding photography, is that every Tom, Dick, and Harry could get a good camera and come out and shoot it. And there is a big technical aspect in, that goes into what we do. And I believe that even my own wedding photographer did not have, did not possess the technical knowledge to do the things that it takes for us to do. So the first thing that I did was saturate myself in every possible way I could um, to learn the technical aspect of lighting and gear and, you know, the actual the things that went into, which with what we do, it's a lot of low light. You know, there's not, there's not a lot of uh, <laughs> ambient light when it comes to shooting weddings, you know, at least over 50% of the time. So the, that was what I was very passionate about. I was strongly moving forward to know as much as I could so that I could confidently talk to these clients and, and make them feel like, you know, hey, this is where I am as an amateur. This is where, this is what I'm doing to learn you know, are you willing to give me a chance with your wedding and still make sure that they knew that I was trying, that when they came out of all of this, that they would at least have my 150% effort to give them everything I could from a technical aspect. Would so you, that was, I'm sorry, go ahead. Would you consider yourself uh, an amateur photographer before the this wedding idea came and hit you? Um, no. No, I wasn't. I, I didn't. I, I believe an amateur is somebody who is at least striving to understand things. And whenever I started this thing, I, I mean, like I said, I started with no foundation except for the art side of it. So, um, and, and the vision, I guess, because I, I have always been a very, I only function out of right side of my brain. So I've always been an art person. So, but no, I, I quickly became an amateur when I started studying, but that's just, you know, honestly, Dana, that's just my own perception of things and how I believe, because I believe that a pro can sit down and teach you and, and, and help you learn the aspects of light and, and how to use your gear and what to see and what to look for to prepare you for certain lighting situations. As an amateur, I believe we're learning. And so when I spoke to my clients who allowed me the opportunity to shoot their weddings in the beginning, they were very aware of where I was from an educational standpoint. They knew I was an amateur. You know, they paid amateur prices. And most importantly, you know, before I ever stepped into that day, they knew exactly where I had already been. So because I just didn't want, you know, if they're going to invest and take this chance with me, I'm giving they're not just giving to me, I'm giving back to them. But more importantly, they're giving an education to me, you know. So that, again, from an amateur standpoint, that's just how I see things, the difference between, you know, an amateur versus a pro. And so once I started learning, then I was an amateur. That's just how I, again, these are semantics, you know what I mean? Yeah. And whether we want to define ourselves as a pro or an amateur, sometimes it's, it's the eye of the beholder when it comes to that. And, but me, as my, my biggest thing was just making sure, because this is the most important day of somebody's life, in many cases, they've never experienced anything so amazing. So, and this is it. Once they are done, this is all they have. And I, to be responsible for something so intense, you know, they, I needed them to know where I was. And so that was, you know, I spent the first year and a half of my business even even probably about the 20th wedding, I still was telling people, you know, I, 
I'm teetering on, you know, being a pro. Here's where I am educationally. And, you know, these clients would come away from this and, and be like, okay, whatever, Lisa. But, you know, it still was important to me that they knew going into it because it, not to have this idea of what they were going to come out. You know, they, they saw my work. They saw what I was capable of. But I, I was just – the honesty up front was just really important to me. So an amateur status I stayed for quite a while in my belief. So, so right now, obviously, you're you're all in. You're uh, very busy with all the all the photography and clients and and interactions. Did did you did you just jump right in? Did you ease off a day job? Do you have a day job now? Like, I... No, I eased off a day job. I was not quite. I, you know, I I do believe that when we're capable of building something and keeping our paycheck from a business standpoint mm-hmm. is unbelievably important. You know, and not to mention we were in the process of building a family and, and I've always been the breadwinner in my family. And so as my, when I was working my, my day job, I was walking away from a very big career and a future. And so I was shaking up the stronghold of our, you know, the stability of our family. And so it was not a decision that I took lightly. And I was very, very busy for the first two and a half, three years because I was working full time. And so how did you know when to when to make that transition from from working for the man right to like hey uh-huh. I, I'm making some money and and you know how was that process? Well, it was actually very simple to be quite honest with you, Dana, because I had a boss that looked me straight in the face and told me not to tell anybody I was pregnant. Whoa. So when he said that to me, and I had I, it was I believe it was God's way of preparing me for something that was going to be hard for me anyway because I being who I am, I still, I'm a risk taker, but I'm not, I I do calculated risks. Okay. So in other words, I had to have a series of events happen to me for me to really truly pull the trigger, I guess is the best way to say it. So I ended up having a very, very unfortunate working, working environment when I became pregnant with my daughter. And so I had, again, I had the foresight that I was not going to be a very good employee if somebody questioned me as it related to my kids. So the nine months that I was pregnant and I ended up getting very, very sick with my daughter. I was very blessed to not have to shoot a wedding the last, um, what, five weeks of my pregnancy because I ended up with preeclampsia and I was hospitalized for four weeks. So I sat in the bed for four weeks and um, had, again, multiple bad experiences with no compassion, you know, just a, a very, it was a pretty hardcore situation to be in. And, so the second, my daughter, she lost over 50% of her amniotic fluid overnight. And so we were in a very emergency situation, but I was blessed to have already been in the hospital. So when you come out of something that intense, again, I believe that it was all, it was all for a reason. I had no problem pulling the trigger. Whether I thought I was going to be able to make this work full time or not, I didn't give a rat's ass, excuse me, because I just don't. And um, I, I told everybody to kiss my ass and, you know, you're not going to, this is just, and, and so again, I booked two weddings when I was in my hospital bed and, and it was just, there was a lot of, and I knew that I had the momentum. I was just very scared and I knew that educationally I was still, and, and just keep in mind, I don't believe that we ever stop learning. So at the point I was, I felt comfortable enough to, to really be a full-time wedding photographer and, and still progress from my education from there. But it was, it was a no brainer. It was scary as hell. I mean, there's, there was, there have been 
months and months and months of just straight up fear because, like I said, I didn't have the luxury of an income from my husband that could support our entire family. You know, we were we were always 60-40 or 80-20 with me being the breadwinner. And so I, you know, I scared the hell out of him. You know, we ended up, we ended up even almost getting divorced actually through this entire process because he believed that I put this business before anything else. So when it comes to going full time, I think, um, probably, uh, I think that my husband and I personally struggled because we weren't on the same page with our children and how I didn't, you have to understand, I made six figures in corporate America before I ever started this. So when he saw me throw all of that away, plus my education, mm-hmm. my resume and everything, it was very hard for him. And whenever you look back on it, you know, of course, now <laughs> it's doing what I wanted it to do and what I did in corporate America. So now he's like, okay, I get it. And I support you, which I think was probably one of the most important things just from us personally, you know, we never got on the same page. He wasn't as supportive of what I viewed our vision as a family was, you know, the flexibility to take off when I needed to with the kids, you know, to let them sleep in every day. I'm extremely passionate about my kids not being rushed out the door. You know, they're in school, they're in, they have to be because I run a full-time business, but we have the luxury now of being flexible. And in the beginning, he didn't have the foresight for that, you know, and, I respect my husband's decision to be furious at me because of what I threw away, but we've come now, you know, full circle and now he can see it. And now we both have the life that we, what I wanted in the beginning, I guess that's probably the best way to say it. You know, I think an entrepreneur's brain works a little bit differently than, than everyone else's, you know, whether it's seeing the path that people can't see through the woods or if it's just seeing different woods that everyone else sees and and I've I've run across the exact same thing where, uh, it, it for in a relationship whether it's f- family or friends, that they your friends or family have to trust you a little bit and there has to be that that little mm-hmm. bit of a, a leap of faith to 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 know that you're going to either land solidly on the other side or you're going to land in the mud but it's okay because you can walk out of it and uh, and and I think that that does cause a little bit of stress in in fact you know one that that. I haven't thought of a lot because it's, you know, when you, when you're starting a business and when you're looking into a lot of these things, you're thinking revenues and you're thinking costs and you're thinking, uh, you know, where am I going to find my customers and marketing? And like you said, business cards. And, and if you don't make time or, or talk about at least what's going on and where you plan to be, uh, sometimes, yeah, those relationships can, uh, can get a little shaky. But what, what I found is that the, uh, having someone in your life that that maybe tempers you a little bit can help you cr- think critically about what are you doing where are you going is this really the best path that you want to go on and uh I know I like a little bit of challenge in my life and uh and, and I know that, that in a relationship adds to to the this the big picture and everything that's going on right well it you know it's like you said the I I didn't have it, it may have been my age, honestly, Dana. It could have been the fact that people were so shocked that I would walk away from a career that I had built for many years and had worked hard on. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I didn't have, I did not have a community of support is the best way to say it because people with what we do, it is true. You know, um, whether I send people around me or not, this is a business that people jump in and out and they jump out 
you know, and they don't get that there is a sense of overhead that you just can't see until you get in it. And so it was, it was just a hobby to a lot of people around me. And, and I don't think, I think now, you know, I've been published and I, I, I have a well over 50% of my business is referrals. And sometimes you want to look back and go, okay, you know, do you, do, do I say, I told you so, or do you know, did you, you know, you did, did you think to trust me for a second through some of this, but it, we can put people around us that love us through hell when we are so passionate about something and driven that they can't even breathe. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Like they don't even get, they can't get it. And when you don't take the time to sit down and explain it to them, or when you get frustrated because they don't understand it, why you feel the way you do, mm-hmm. it, it can alienate them. You know, so we have to still be re- respectful of those around us. And I, I can easily now step back and say, I told you so if I wanted to, but I get it. I get that I am, I am that person that never stops. I don't sleep. I get up before everybody else. I go to bed after everybody else. And it can drive my husband insane. He still does not get why I won't stop and go to a movie with him during the week. He still doesn't get it because I'm still in a building, in my opinion, and someday I guess I need to stop aside, step aside and say, yeah, I'm not building anymore. But I don't ever feel like I can relax because I, there is a lot of competition out there and there's still so much that I need to learn. So it can drive people that love you crazy around you when you're like that. And that's what I think probably happened to me. So when, when you're looking at your business and, you know, like you said, you're in the building mode and you're putting things together, uh, just like when you're starting out, you don't always necessarily know what's around the corner. You know, sometimes it is a blind leap of faith and sometimes it's a calculated risk. How do you decide when to take those risks? Um, I don't, you know, I, I, I didn't, I think one of the best things that I've ever done recently is get a mentor. I, I've done I've had one for about two and a half years now. And because I spent the first four years of this sucker having nobody to talk to. And so for me, I prayed like crazy on, on certain things. And a lot of people don't have that. And I understand that. And, and sometimes it goes down to the numbers. Sometimes it goes to um, like the first bridal show I ever did is a perfect example. I was, it it cost me almost two grand and I didn't have it. I didn't have the income for that. And I, I certainly, it was a, huge risk because I didn't have what I felt like was, you know, I had a portfolio, but I didn't have one that I felt like could compete with everybody else at those shows. So it, it just, it's something that, but I knew as a business person, as a marketing person, that in order for me to start building the type of, you know, the type of revenue I needed and the chances I needed to get this where it needed to go, I had to see more people at once. And so when it came down to the come down, I just wrote the freaking check. You know, and I, I just did it. And I got this big, huge, gorgeous print of one bridal that I had just, I, I, I felt like was suitable and had a couple of albums out. And I had this freaking ringy dink little table and I booked three weddings at that show. And that was in 2009, I think, 2009. And I have, I have not seen the light of day since. And so it, with that decision, it was just, looking at the numbers, but more importantly, understanding that if I did not take this leap of faith, if I did not jump, I would be sitting in the water wondering where the hell my next dollar was going to come from. So it, for me, it's a lot of prayer and a lot of, I believe, calculated risks. 
and I knew that out of there, I'd at least have the opportunity. It's like knocking on doors. You know, the more doors you knock on, the better chance you have of people to answer. And so that's why I made that decision with that bridal show. Other decisions, again, I, I do a lot of praying with things, and um, I, I do a lot of evaluation on ROI. Like, I will not, I will not, I will not, I refuse to buy the newest, latest, greatest gear or software unless I can actually sit down and show how it's going to make my business different. What are the things that it's, is it going to make me more efficient? Is it going to change any of the things that I'm doing? Is it going to speed things up? Is it, you know, I, I will absolutely not buy anything unless it's going to make a significant difference. If I, if I had the money just coming in, Dana, or, you know, I had a big income from my, my spouse, I might do more of that. But as a business owner, I run lean. My CPA still tells me to this day that I am like 50% of my success comes because I run lean. So, again, calculated risk, prayer, and I, I have a mentor now that some of the stuff I've, I've had to deal with in my recent Wow, some of the things I've seen, I have, I'm so blessed to have him because he has really, he's been doing it for 12 years. He's internationally known, has massive sponsors from, from gear that you and I would love to have in a heartbeat. And he has really un, have made such a difference for me because I have seen things in the last two years that had he not been there, I'm not sure I would have kept running. So those are some of the ways that I go about moving forward, I guess, the best way to say it. Have you had any any close calls? Any close calls where you almost went out of business? Oh yeah, hell yeah! There's not <laughs> a week that goes by that I don't want to shut this sucker down. I mean, that's the honest to God truth. And and when I say you have to understand too that when you say you want to shut something down or you want to close it down, you know that I I am in love with this business. So when it comes down to the come down, is it really worth it? So one of my very first very first. <laughs> Oh, my God, I don't even want to tell you this because it's so embarrassing. But one of my very first close calls was I had a hard drive go out on me. And it had six unedited weddings on it, six. And we're talking thousands of memories from somebody that from six different couples. And it I'll never forget. I don't know if I actually threw up. I may have thrown up. I think I did throw up. But I, I, cause I wasn't, you know, I just, I wasn't savvy enough on how what quote unquote backup really meant, and so I had this hard drive, and I thought I was really all equipped, and this was back in 2010, so this was three years ago. This is crazy how some of this shit can change overnight. So this drive goes out on me, and I, it was a Sunday, and my first stupid action was to post on Facebook if anybody knew of a data recovery company. Well, hello, Lisa runs her whole entire business off of Facebook. You know, I have every single one of my clients over the last five years are friends with me on Facebook. And so I didn't even think clearly on how I reacted to it. And, of course, the one groom that I have that is a constant, he's a he's paranoid schizophrenic, calls me. He's like, uh, Lisa, is everything okay? And he knows, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I didn't, it didn't even click to me what I had done. Because that's our first place to go sometimes to get referrals, you know. And, and, of course, I knew I could get the quickest information from this data recovery, from, you know, asking for a data recovery company. But anyway, long story short, I ended up paying $1,000 to recover these weddings, and they recovered every single image. And he told me that sucker crashed. It didn't just crash. It burned up from the inside out, apparently. And it, it, it took a week to get it back. It cost me over $1,000. And, of course, 
I, I don't know how much therapy I needed from there, but I needed quite a bit. I'm pretty sure I was in therapy for another two months after that. And I was done. I mean, I was flat out done. I was like, this is ridiculous. I'm not a business person. You know, I fail financially. I can't keep track of my books. I can't, you know, the IT stuff makes me want to choke myself. You know, the, the websites and the drives and the computers and the software and the updating, yada, yada. I just wanted to punch myself in the face. And so I pretty much was done there. And I don't remember, I think it was my sister-in-law who was like, you, you know, she went with me every step of the way and held my hand as I cried. And, you know, the six weddings, I'll tell you what came out, what really, what really changed all of it was I came out of that with one wedding. And out of that one wedding, I have booked, I kid you not, 15 of that girl's referrals. And I thought she hated me. And so that changed everything at that point from just the most dramatic, I think, thing that could happen to you to really be able to step back and not react or overreact, I think. And so that was probably my closest call, I would say, to because I was done. You know, I mean, once I, I was done, I wasn't going to do the next bridal show. I, I was just I had accepted what I would call defeat, you know, that that even though I was technically somewhere, my, my images were good, my portfolio was coming out really well, that I had a business beat the hell out of me, and I was just done. So that was probably the worst one, I would have to say. I've had, I've had some pretty big ones after that, that, you know, just kids getting sick, being behind three and a half months, uh, a bridezilla that I actually spent three hours changing my contract over this past spring, shit that I had seen that I never thought I would see. Never, ever say you've seen everything. That's probably the biggest tip I can give somebody. Because the second you say that, there's going to be some shit around the corner that's going to knock you off your ass. Because this is what's happened to me recently. And, and you know, seven, I've, I've shot over 200-plus weddings, and I refuse to ever say that again. Because it, it can happen. Just when you think you've seen it all, just when you think you've been through the worst thing you could with your business, it'll happen. And, and luckily, like I said, I, I have some spiritual side of me that I feel like, pulls me back and, and stabilizes me. And the concept of loving something as much as I do, it's, it's like getting divorced, I think is probably the best way to say it. I never really wanted to get divorced from my husband, and we went all the way through that sucker. And, and in the end, we ended up not wanting to be without each other for the rest of our lives, and that's how I see my business. It's just it's hard to walk away from something that you're so attached to that you are absolutely in love with. And no matter how much it beats you up, I think that's probably the best way to say it. But yeah, I've been, I've been down a road a time or two with shutting the sucker down. That's for sure. That's awesome. And in fact, I think you've answered like five of my follow-up questions. So I'm just going to cut to the chat. Sorry, I talked no, too much. No, it's great because <laughs> it's, it's about you. It's not about me. Uh, so what's, what is the best part and the worst part of being a small business owner? Well, the best part to me is the flexibility. I mean, I know that I said earlier that I don't do a lot. Of, I don't, my husband likes to put it in the terms of you never take advantage of being self-employed. And he's right. I, I don't have a very good balance. I always struggle with that. But um, the best part to me is the flexibility of being able to, my son was very, very sick last year. He was sick for nine months straight, only well for six days. And um, we had surgeries, and uh, he had croup, hospital stays. I mean, anything. My husband also thought he was going to end up with SARS, but he didn't have SARS, thank God. But he, you know, we thought his arm was going to fall off. That's how bad he was. And through that whole time, you know, it was no no question for me. He's home with me. You know, I, I got to explain to my clients that, you know, my family does come first. And that's probably, one. like I said, it's one of the biggest things that's important to me is the ability to say my family comes first. This is my business. This is how I run it. 
you know, my family comes first. And so that's huge to me. I, my mom all died. My mom all died unexpectedly a couple of weeks ago, and I was able to stop everything I was doing, let all my clients know I'm not going to hit this deadline today. Here's what's going on. My mom all passed away. I've got to go be with my mom. So for four days straight, I was able to, you know, I still always have this business on my mind, but the flexibility to do what I need to do is is just, there, you can't put a number on that. I, I can't even describe to you the concept of my daughter going to school next year. She didn't start this year, but being able to do plays and field trips and stuff like that. When I set this business up, that is what I wanted to do. I, I had a business plan that was to keep her home full time, but I didn't do that very well. I felt miserably with that. But um, to have the flexibility to do what I want to do with my family is probably, you can't, I, I, it's just priceless. The, uh, hardest thing there I can't even tell you for me is the all-encompassing aspect of everything being on your shoulders all the time that when your child does get sick you don't have someone to step in and help you it's not like going to work and saying hey my kid's sick and you know Susie over here is going to take my workload for a couple of days so there is a burden you know it's probably that catch 22 there is the burden of everything being responsible for everything accountable for everything which is fine you know because then sometimes you you don't got to go search for where the problem was i guess it's probably the best way to describe that but the the IT side the financial side i mean you could i could cry on the phone right now because that's how bad i am at financials i mean it my CPA i'm surprised she hasn't fired me she wants to choke me every single year. Last year, she she was so mad at me because my business grew in the middle of my son being so sick. It grew another 45%. And she said, why did you not think to tell me you had a revenue change? So the, I owe the IRS a ridiculous amount of money because my revenue changed over a course of four freaking months. So to me, if I could change that, it would. I think I'd probably live in a perfect world. But the worst part of it is is just being so responsible for everything: the marketing, the IT, you know, the this, the financials. I can't keep track of that stuff. It's it's just I fail miserably there. And there's no telling where I could be had, had if I was good in that area. Um, one of the smartest things I've ever done as a business owner is read the book E Myth. It is it talks about how the technician. That we're such great technicians, and then we go and we have this big, beautiful business idea, and we and it can fail miserably because we don't understand what it truly means to run a business. And in this business, the quote unquote business side of it is brutal. It is killer. It is, and and it can it can overtake you. That's why I feel like you have to have the love of what you do to overcome the just absolute devastation that can come from running a business. But the overall, like I said, it's the concept of having to run the operation side of it is the worst thing for me. Do you have any, uh, do you have any regrets or any, any big lessons learned? You, you mentioned that you would maybe go back and do something over again, uh, maybe hire some help or find some people who are really good at the things that, that you're not necessarily good at or, you know, what, what have, what have you I think you would have, yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I think I probably would have started Turner for the mentor in the beginning. I have my employee that I have now. I am she's my best friend, and I am her mentor. And she it is it it feels so amazing to be able to help people that 
I could probably, I mean, I, I saved her happy ass from the, the drive failing just about a month and a half ago, you know, and I wanted to kick her in the shin because she wasn't listening to me, but, you know, I, at least I caught it before it, she could go down that road that I went. So I would have found somebody, I would have worked harder to find somebody in the beginning that would have been willing to help me. And the thing about finding somebody that you can, because I've had, I mean, for years, for years, I had no one to talk to. You know, my husband didn't want to hear about photography, and my mother didn't want to hear about <laughs> photography. And, you know, I had, a, I had a guy that shot second weddings with me, but, you know, he was, he was more of a heavy metal guy, and, you know, he didn't really – we got to banter back and forth, but even still, that was two and a half, almost three years that I was into it before he even came into the picture. So, and for me, I went years without having someone to talk to, you know, and I think that's probably what I would have done in the beginning. I would have worked harder to find that one person – you know, Eric, the guy that is my mentor, he, well, I actually, he asked me to shoot a wedding with him this Saturday, and I am so freaking intimidated right now, I want to crawl underneath a rock and cry, but he, he even said to me, you know, that was me helping him out, and this guy, he goes to lunch with me, he, you know, and I, I've only been able to give him, like, two things out of our relationship in the last two years, two resources, and it feels so great to be able to pay him back somehow, but, um, He's been doing this. He, this guy charges seven to ten thousand dollars a wedding, Dana. He's 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 primarily a senior and commercial photographer. He is Fotex. He, Fotex sponsors him. He judges at WPPI. You know, this guy takes time out of his day to respond to my Facebook messages or to have lunch with me and to hear me rant and vent about stupid Brazilas. You know what I'm saying? And so he this he he takes. And gives to me at no no record. I mean, he actually asks for nothing from me. And this is the first time I actually get to pay him back and shoot a wedding with him this weekend. And he came to me and said, "Yeah, I know that's probably going to be not much for you, and I'm probably not going to be able to pay you much." And I'm like, "Are you kidding me? Just to be in your presence around that camera for four hours, I'm in. You know what I mean? Like, I'm totally in." So that's what I would have done. That's my biggest regret is I had a couple of things that I tried early on with like different business lines and I knew that I loved wedding photography and I think I probably would have focused in on that a lot sooner rather than trying to do other things and just make money. I would have had a little bit more faith and put more into, you know, started a little bit sooner instead of just spreading myself too thin. And and a lot of photographers make that mistake because they need to make money and they need to build a portfolio. But my biggest one is not having someone to talk to. And, And that, if I was to tell anybody anything, Change that now. Fix it now. Go find that one person. And you might have to go through five or ten people because not everybody wants to help. You know, there's a lot of people out there that are, I guess, insecure or intimidated by everybody that comes into this market, and they're like, oh, no, 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 I'm not going to share my secrets with them. The one thing that that I I didn't, for me, when I I help people, I want to know that they're working too, you know, that they're reading the things that I've told them to read or they're seeking out counsel or, you know, means that they're making an effort, that they're not just wanting to soak in and get that free education, you know, I guess is the best way to say it. But you might have to dig and find that one person that is willing to help just because they were there one day and they know that you're in it, you know, means that they know that you're invested. And for me, like I said, I went too long without being able to talk to somebody. And I, I probably could have saved money on therapy had I had done that a lot sooner. So... So your your mentor or otherwise, what's been the best advice given to you? From him? From anyone. From anyone. Oh, uh, the best advice that's ever been given to me. Um, oh, my God. 
Um, it, I mean, obviously it would come from Eric because he's just everything that he tells me is so priceless. The best advice, <laughs> the best advice that he gave me um, was recent, and because he believes that I get too invested in these clients, which I do know that I do, that I don't see my business as a business first and foremost. That I. I tend to, it's very personal for me. And I take everything personal and I deliver everything personal. And so when it, when that one client comes at you that really it just needs to be a business, I, I, it hurts me. And so the biggest piece of advice that even, and then you would be surprised, like I said, it's come to me in the last, in the last probably eight months was to learn to be more of a business person consistently rather than, you know, just when I need to. And so that's where I changed my contract. I changed a bunch of policies, just tweaked them here and there because we still need to, even when somebody gives us advice, we still need to take from it and glean from it what is important and, and apply it in our sense. You know what I mean? So whereas Eric is, he is definitely a business person. And he even will say sometimes, I need, to, I need my clients to, to see me more like they see you. And so, but for, for me, it was just, you would I mean, it's kind of surprising, I guess, even saying it out loud. It makes me want to push myself in the face. But after seven years, I'm just now getting to a point where I am plugging forward and seeing this and trying to be more of a business person rather than just the personal, you know, vendor. So that was my biggest piece of advice. And it came very recent. That's good to have a mentor who can help look at your business and what you're doing and sometimes you to give you a, a different view on it, isn't it? Yeah, it's priceless. I can't even tell you. I, I couldn't. I don't know what I would do without him right now. Actually, so he's a huge part of me. Is he's a huge part of me surviving this the, the recent season? I think is probably the best way to say it. Okay, time to turn the tables. You're the mentor now, and there's there's peoples. They're listening. What what advice do you have for them? You know, especially those who are just starting out and and trying to to take that leap and and kind of jump into the unknown. The first one is learn to be a photographer. Do not leave that camera on auto and post. These, this gear does not know more than us. It thinks it knows more than us, but it does not know more than us. And learn how to use that gear. Learn, take the vision that you have the way you want something to look. We all do. If you're an artist in any way, you know what's in your head. Most of the time, I have a song playing in my head all the time. When I run, that song speeds up. I'm a lunatic in my art side of my brain. And so when I see something that I want to accomplish, then I go find a way to do it with my camera because sticking that sucker on auto is not going to do it. You know, and yeah, we can do that. And because this, this equipment that we have is very smart, but the, you're going to realize one day that it thinks it's smarter than we are, and it's not. There's a reason why all these tools are in place in this gear. And, and the things that we can do, the things that you can do when you learn it, will shock you. You know, when you come away from when taking an image and learning how to play with your shutter and your aperture and your ISO and where to put this, where to put this um, off-camera flash and where the sun is going to be, when you learn that stuff, it gives you this unbelievable sense of accomplishment, and it takes your portfolio to a whole other level. So, and not to mention, as a business person, 
you need the confidence to be able to talk to people and to know what you're doing. And so instead of getting all anxious and going off and learning and just firing, learn it so that when people do look at you, you know, I know what I'm talking about. So education, as far as the gear is concerned, is, is probably one of the biggest things that I would push people to do. And I have, I mean, I, I, many, many times with people that have been around me, and, and it's funny to me, I just look at them and go, why would you never have thought of that? You know what I mean? That is so important. It's like learning how to drive your car. We don't want to kill somebody, and granted, some of our images could probably kill people. Mine could sometimes. <laughs> I think I've come very close. But, you know, it's important to learn this stuff, especially if you're going to make that investment. This shit is not cheap. You know what I mean? If you're going to pay that kind of money, learn how to use it. Where can people find more about you and who you are and what you do? Well, like I told you, whenever we talked initially, I'm not really great about um, managing some of these venues and these arenas of advertising, I guess. But my website is www.lgphotos.net. And from there, you can find Facebook, and um, that's the other big avenue that I take. And then, of course, I'm on the knot, which is my biggest um, – I have my recommendations and referrals and stuff. So, But I'm, I'm always at anybody's disposal. I have no problem with helping and, and talking people through some things, and I totally get when this stuff can get extremely intimidating and scary as hell. So if and anyone wants to ever contact me, they're more than welcome to. Great. Lisa, thanks so much for taking the time to talk with us today. No problem. I enjoyed it.